welcome to Mercy Talk. I am one of your hosts, Melanie Wise. And I'm your other host, Jen Otero. Mercy Talk is presented to you by Mercy Multiplied, a nonprofit Christian organization that is committed to seeing hope restored and lives transformed through the love and power of Christ. Since 1983, Mercy has helped thousands of young women break free from life-controlling behaviors and struggles through our free-of-charge, biblically-based residential program. That's right. And Mercy's outreach activities are designed to educate, equip, and empower men and women of all ages to live free and to stay free. So on Mercy Talk, we want to tackle real-life issues and everyday struggles that affect our lives by applying the same biblically-based principles of freedom that we've seen effectively change lives for 35 years. To find out more, go to mercymultiplied.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Well, hey, everyone. Happy September to our Mercy Talk listeners. It is crazy to me that we are already in the final months of 2018. Yes. It feels like we were just recording January shows, but here we are. So it just continues to be such a joy just to continue to come together, to talk through the things we've been talking through, even as we've been planning out for the rest of the year, looking back at all the topics and things we've been talking through this year. It's just been really fun mm-hmm. just to continue to join you. So we hope that it has been a continual place of encouragement and challenge to you. And even even today, as we kind of kick into a new month and a new series, we are going to be talking about parenting, which is going to be really fun. (laughs) And that topic in itself could mean a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And so we're excited to do that. I am also excited, very excited this morning that we are welcoming back good old Brooke Keels. Yay! Welcome, Brooke. And for those, she is our executive director of counseling services. And if you have not listened to Mercy talk before, you wouldn't know that she's joined us before, but she has, mm-hmm. and she always adds a whole nother level of humor and <laughs> fun, but also great knowledge and wisdom and just experience. And so, yeah. as always, Brooke, we're glad that you were here. Thank Absolutely, you so yeah. As we, you know, prepared for this series. When we were like, okay, well, let's do a series on on parenting, and I think we just like <laughs> stared at each other <laughs> because great idea. there is so much that we could cover under mm-hmm. this, um, and so we just kind of had. I mean, I'm like, we could easily do a full year. Oh yeah, on parenting. <laughs> so um, it's neat then to do another year. Yes, yeah. I mean, it really could just be an entire podcast series yeah. on that. But um, I. You know, we kind of just had to pick and choose, like, what do we think are some of the most important things to hit on? And this, I think this originally came from, this idea came from our intake team here. Because, you know, we have so many parents Mm -hmm. who call into Mercy um, whose daughters are struggling. Right. And they're like, man, you know, what can I do to help? Can I get them into the program? And there's also, obviously, girls who have applied to the program who are in the program and their parents are seeking Mm -hmm. out ways to grow and to become better, more safe more um, healthy for these girls who are coming back home to them, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's also the circumstances that, you know, are are just so hard of parents who call in whose daughters don't want to apply. That's they don't right. want to be in the program, but their daughters yeah. are really struggling. And the parents are going, what am I supposed to do? My daughter's struggling, but she doesn't want help. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's just so many different scenarios that we've seen just on the, the intake side of our residential program. Yeah. So we're going to kind of hit some things that really speak to those parents, but we're also going to hit some things that really, I think, just speak to all parents. That's and right. I am personally 
super excited about that <laughs> because I am not currently a parent. And so I'm like, Jen and Brooke, I can't wait to learn from you guys over the next few weeks. I'll add a few things here and there, but you guys are the experts. So um, we're just really excited to jump into this. Yeah, it's going to be really good. Well, today we decided a good starting point was to start discussing um, the area of codependency within mm. the parent-child relationship. <laughs> Super fun. Mm-hmm. But really, as even as we were writing and talking these through, it really does set such a good foundation as far as the areas of lack of health in relationship to then build out from there. And mm-hmm. so really codependency in any relationship can just create such a significant, so many significant issues um, and can really be a major issue for parents as well as their children when codependency is a factor in that relationship, in that relationship mm-hmm. and within the relational dynamics. Codependency is one of those words that I think so many people have heard, but sometimes we just really just struggle defining what it actually means and how it plays in our relationship. So as always, it's a good place to start as far as defining. So codependency defined is dependence on the needs of or control by another. It is an, also a characterized by a person belonging to a dysfunctional one-sided relationship where one person relies on the other for meeting nearly all of their emotional needs. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I am not in a healthy place emotionally, and so I'm going to rely on you to meet those needs, to make sure I'm okay, all of the types of things that happen within those codependent relationships. And honestly, even as we were writing and working this through, there were moments I was like, oh yeah, I do that as a parent. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. something that we, even in a healthy place, there are moments that we can rely on others to meet our emotional needs that we need to be meeting ourselves mm-hmm. and or going to the Lord for, or even as adults, having other adults meeting those, especially mm-hmm. in this parent-child relationship. And so please know, listeners, this will not just be you. There's plenty yeah. of times we're going to go, oh yeah, that's something I need to be aware of or work on as we continue just to be parents to our kids as they grow. So can I go ahead and already ask a question? Sure. This is really what this whole series is going to be. <laughs> like, y'all are both hey. parents and you're both counselors. <laughs> I mean, I just got a lot of questions for y'all. So you talked about it being like the definition mm-hmm. that you just shared kind of um, was more of like one person relying on the other. Um, and in this context, I guess this would be a parent being codependent on a child, Mm -hmm. but as that child is raised in that type of environment, do you guys then see the codependency going both ways because that's been fostered in that child? And so then the child becomes codependent on that parent. Does that happen? I mean, uh, yes and no. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it depends. You have, you know, some kids who, and it'll depend on kind of who they are and their personality. So some of them are like, life cannot be okay if mom or dad is not okay. Mm -hmm. And they just learn to function in that. Then you have others that just fully reject it. So they're like, you put all of this on me and I want nothing to do with it. And then Mm -hmm. they'll just, you know, leave the relationship all together, you know, or sometimes they get healthy and the parents don't. And so they have to set boundaries, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, that are, we can only be in relationship in this way because, Mm -hmm you know, you're destroying my life. I mean, you know, so Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, I mean, you just kind of with any situation, if a kid grows up in an unhealthy environment, they're not going to know what to do. I think what happens more often than not is that they end up in codependent relationships with other people. Mm. So it's not even necessarily, even if they leave home and they're done with the parent, right. But then because all they know is that I'm not okay if you're not okay. Mm -hmm. Or my whole life depended on somebody else, so you better be okay. Right. 
Yeah. And it just perpetuates. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Um, And so, I mean, in that, you know, note, I mean, it's that people feel extreme amounts of dependence on certain loved ones. And it can be like you can both be codependent on one another, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but really it's just about you. And it goes back to like, I'm not okay. If you're not okay, everything, you know, I can't have a good day. If you're not having a good day or, you know, does that make sense? Like your world really revolves around the other person and whether or not they're doing what you need to do, Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. you need them to do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the past, this is um, usually, I think it really came out of more of the uh, addiction community and those that struggle with addiction, um, AA, that sort of thing. And they started pointing out these things about, you know, they talked about the, the family system was sick, you know, and of course, modern family therapy, modern systems theory talked about this as well. But, um, you know, what we've really seen is that a sick system does mm-hmm. not have to have someone who's addicted to something. It's that everybody plays their part, right? Yeah. So if I need you to act a certain way and you don't, well, then I'm going to create an environment where you must mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I'm not self-aware and I'm not dealing with what I need to deal with. And I think, Jen, you mentioned this too, but it's a continuum. Yeah, that's right. Right. So yeah. there could be a moment that you're really healthy, but you're really stressed out and you may go revert back to some of these things. So hopefully for our listeners too, they'll pick up on, oh, I do that when I'm not right. okay or I'm not good with the Lord or, mm-hmm. you know, I put people in those positions because it takes a lot of self-awareness. Oh, it sure does. Especially it's really if, uncomfortable, guys. Yeah, especially <laughs> so. if you were raised in a setting that right. this was. Because often what happens is you may have been parented this way or it may have been part of the way you were brought up. And then you get healthy and you get more whole and you get freer. But then, like you said, there's these seasons or maybe you hit a season of life with your child, depending on their development, where you're like, oh, man, I Mm. want more control. Right. Mm. And you see these things starting to come out. And so I think even from the beginning of this conversation, it's so helpful for listeners to hear like there's grace in this. Please, please, please hear us. that As we talk through this stuff, there is no guilt and condemnation that's being attached to any of this. But there is a place of awareness of going, oh, man, that is something I do. Mm -hmm. And I. Now that I have an awareness of it, I have a responsibility to do something about it. And so as much as we're kind of, you know, putting an awareness to all of this, we also want to make sure we're resourcing people well. And so you're going to find throughout a lot of these conversations, we're resourcing certain books, different ways to kind of, once you get aware to go, okay, what do I do with this Mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. So to keep your ears open for those things as well. Sure. Yeah. Well, I know that as, you know, we were kind of researching this topic, um, kind of came up with a list of things Mm -hmm. that are are signs that maybe you may be struggling in this area or someone else may be struggling in this area. And I'm going to just read off of this list, Mm -hmm. but I also want you guys to be able to chime in on like how this can play out in this specific area. Um, And so some of those things can include um, low self-esteem. And Mm -hmm. so I would actually love if one of y'all would kind of unpack what that looks like in the area of codependency and how that plays out. Either of you? Anybody? Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> we both well, look at each yeah. other. <laughs> Which counseling example do you want to use? Yeah. No, I th- look, I mean, we all have probably joked about this at some point, but, you know, this idea that if I have a baby, then I'll be unconditionally loved, right. you know? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and so we see that a lot of times with women, but men do that as well. I mean, you know, and kind of, I think our counselor joke is like, you didn't get a golden retriever. Mm-hmm. The golden retriever will love you forever. Right. Okay. Yeah. It will <laughs> for the 10 to 15 years it's alive it's it's all about you but you know ba- 
babies, you know, my once I had one, I was like, oh, it doesn't actually care about me in any way. <laughs> you know what I mean? What a rude so, awakening. Yeah, it was really surprising, like, because it, it is completely dependent yes, on you exactly. at every level. And then, every you know, all your junk comes up as you're dealing with it and realizing all the ways that your own parents screwed you up, no matter <laughs> how much, how good of a job they did, right? We all have our own junk. And so, but with low self-esteem, if there is kind of, I could say, managing expectations, and that mm-hmm. would probably apply to all of these. But if you want to be loved by your child in a way that is giving and filling and all of that to you, it will not happen. No. Mm-hmm. And because then you try and create that environment and that environment will never be healthy because only the Lord can do that. That's right. right. That's it. Only the Lord can do that. It's not your kid's job to be healthy enough to give to you emotionally. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And they it's don't good. actually have the emotional capacity yeah. to do that. Mm-hmm. So no what idea. ends up happening is I'm pushing for you to give me something you don't have. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually creating the very opposite dynamic right. that I wanted in the first right. place. Mm-hmm. Cause that child's like, I don't that consciously they aren't thinking I don't have it. I need you to leave me alone, mom. But as they grow, it yeah. creates such distance and relationship because you're calling and expecting something from them. They don't have. Yeah. So get, community, get mm-hmm. people in your life that mm-hmm. can do that and go to Jesus. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, so another thing, um, another sign was people pleasing. Um, and so I know that I've struggled with this saying no to someone can then cause a lot of fear and anxiety of like, oh my goodness, if I say no to this person, what's it going to do to them? Mm-hmm. And because I am so dependent on how they are, if they're not doing well and it's my fault because I said no, like that just produces yes. that level of fear and anxiety. Um, this all so much goes back to just poor boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um just go back and listen to our entire series on boundaries. <laughs> get the book. Just do all the things. Yeah. And this is a Read struggle it once for you. A year. Yep. Not yep. said. Yep. <laughs> it's true. That's Read what I'm saying. Read it once a year. Read it once a year. Um, uh, reactivity. So a struggle to understand that somebody else's opinions are their own, mm-hmm. and I don't have to take those on. I also don't have to get super defensive. Right. I've, I've seen this play out in some relationships myself, where it's like, no, it's okay that we don't agree on something. Yeah. Like I don't have to take on what what you think about something and you don't have to take Mm -hmm. on what I think we can be two separate people with different opinions. And when there's codependency that kind of bleeds into each other, that's good. Um, caretaking. So when you're putting another person ahead of yourself to an unhealthy degree, it, I mean, all, all the Christians out there are going like, but we're supposed to lay down our lives for our brother. Yes. <laughs> Scripture is very no. clear that we are to love in a selfless way. Love as Jesus did. But there is a place of health where you are denying right. the own things that you need to be to be healthy. Just go back and listen to our entire series on safeguarding yourself. <laughs> <laughs> These are all just going back to full we're series. very thorough. Yep. Wow. So much. But I would even add with that, Mel, I think even... I, I count myself as a relatively healthy mom, but I think mm-hmm. this is one of those areas that's so easy to get pulled into Absolutely. and to realize like, I have not taken time for myself. I have not like, as far as that self care piece, it can be even from a really healthy place or a busy season or your kids just have a lot going on, but to really go, okay, this can actually become a codependent thing because mm-hmm. I am not doing well taking care of myself mm-hmm. and then I'm not the best that I can be. So it begins to trickle out and not be a good thing. And yeah. so even that reminder of like, Yes, caretake. Please take care of your children. Very important. Yeah. But also taking care of yourself and mm-hmm. making sure there's a balance built in there, too. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, we don't value 
that us being healthy mm-hmm. is actually what gives to our kids yes. more. And so, you know, you always think about like on the airplane, you get your oxygen mask right. first, and then you help yep. the person beside you. And, you know, I know that's used in a million different ways, but that's the truth. We, we aren't necessarily taught, hey, mom or hey, dad, like you, the healthier you are, mm-hmm. then everything else will come out of that. Especially if you, you know, we talk, we're going to talk a lot about moms and dads throughout this conversation, but even this, we hope this really encourages caregivers across the yeah. board. If yeah. you're an aunt or a grandparent or a foster parent or whatever, like there's a lot of people caring for children that may not even be your biological children. They may be generationally even at different stages, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. really acknowledging like the more you take care of yourself, the healthier you're going to be to make sure these kids are taken well care of. Right. And it fe- feels counterintuitive at times, but actually when you experience it and you do take good, good care of yourself and you're in a healthy place, you see the overflow of that. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, you see the overflow when you're not. Sure. Because you actually have the energy. <laughs> exactly. Be like, sure, I'll make you chicken nuggets instead <laughs> of what I made you for dinner while you're losing your mind. <laughs> Great. You know, it's fine. Real talk. <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> Something that I learned at Mercy that I had not heard in the world and the counseling places I'd gone to and the rehabs I had been at previously was that there's actually hope that you actually don't have to be addicted, like that the real you is not addicted. And so learning about truth that could set me free from anything, whether it be laziness, whether it be depression, anxiety, hatred, strife, knowing that the word could set me free from anything, that empowered me to walk out my faith. And that that still empowers me today to walk in who I am when I face trials as a mom, as a student, you know, whatever. Mercy is great about hitting all components, mind, body, soul, and spirit. They teach you balance in food choices, in working out, in scripture, in relationships. And I feel like all of those components are incredibly important to God, and I feel like I gained wisdom in all those areas. Mercy Multiplied is a free of charge residential program, and we want to help. Please visit mercymultiplied.com today for more information. And remember, there is no problem too big or too small for God. Um, so other signs of, of codependency issues would be uh, if there are control issues. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Control and manipulation where that is present. That's a good sign of some codependency going on. Yep. Um, dysfunctional communication, just a struggle with being honest with each other and owning your own emotions. Um, that, again, could be a whole other show in and of itself. Um, a, a need to be liked by everyone. Um, confusing love for someone and pity Mm -hmm. um and then also just a fear of abandonment and i'm sure that that is something that's very present in codependent parent-child relationships Mm -hmm. um and so uh, we could unpack all of those but i know we got a lot more to cover so let's just keep moving keep keep rolling (laughs) so we've talked a little bit about this already with some of these examples but really you know this all of these examples are codependency as a whole like how that sort of plays out for someone in a variety of different relationships and usually when you research or look at codependency you see a lot of addiction conversation you see a lot of adult um, children with their parents figuring out like you're 40, you need to move out of my house Mm. or toxic relationships as far as dating and marriage. So when it comes to the parent-child relationship, we really want to make sure we pull this out clearly for people because it does play out, but it's important to know. And so really in a codependent parent-child relationship, the lines between protective and obsessive 
and engaged and over-involved are cross consistently. Mm -hmm. So there's just this place of going, okay, am I really just involved in wanting the best for you or am Mm -hmm. I becoming obsessed with every detail? Or am I just engaged and caring and loving or am I becoming way over-involved? You know, there's that helicopter parent Mm -hmm. idea. Mm -hmm. My husband and I will laugh every now and then my daughter will look at us and go, woo, woo, above her head with her because we're being... We're That's being awesome. helicopter parents and we acknowledge that and we rein it in. But we've learned over time that she actually has a voice to go, hey, guys, as I'm growing, you got to take it down mm-hmm. a notch. Mm-hmm. So there is it's so easy to cross that line between being engaged and wanting to be very much involved and going, oh, wow, we are trying to nitpick or really be in every detail in a way that we don't need to be. Yeah. So that is kind of how that can start to look in this type of relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to talk about some specific signs um, that a parent is operating from a codependent place. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to start us off. And the first one is that, you know, um, some parents may have a victim mentality, Mm -hmm. which I know can seem, and if you have a victim mentality, you just got offended when I said that. Yeah. That's okay. It's okay. Um, and we all struggle with this at some level. Um, but this really starts with a parent not dealing with their own hurts and trauma. Yeah. And then there is really a core belief that, and a lie, that other people owe you for what you went through. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and, and you guys, I'll give you an example in a second, but... You know, with this belief, you're going to potentially do guilt trips Mm -hmm. um, to create sympathy. Um, This is where really you're trying to control your child's behavior um, and emotions, frankly. So I can give you an example. Um, I worked with with a family who uh, the the dad had been through a very traumatic childhood and so loved his kid very, very well. Mm -hmm. But the kid had a different life than him. And so Mm -hmm. when his son was not appreciative for... I'll just pick on the chicken nuggets or the Legos or whatever Mm -hmm, it was. It was very much like, you don't even know like how good we are to you. Like it just became this, you know, thing. And then he realized I am actually offended that he has a better life than me. Wow. And I've got to go and deal with that because I'm treating him like he should have some context Mm. for the trauma that I went Mm, through. And it's your job to be good to me because my life was hard. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right. And on paper, that sounds crazy. But any of us could that have had some hard things have probably experienced that. Mm -hmm. And it's really tough when your kids don't appreciate you. It is hard. And that will bring up some nasty stuff. But being able to go, oh, wait, that's what that is. And take a minute. Totally. And another way that that can actually play out, too, is what we would call the idea of compensation. And really, it's very closely to what you even said, Brooke, but the idea that a parent demands kind of a compensation from the child for the traumas, hurts in that parent's life. But another way that can even play out is like, for instance, if for as a codependent father, let's say, for, for instance, he wasn't very good at sports. He just wasn't, and he wishes he was. Mm-hmm. He could be that parent who pushes and pushes and pushes for his daughter or his son to excel mm-hmm. in sports, even if that's not something that they want to do or feel like they're really drawn to. Um, and so there's really that place of going, okay, how do I really be aware of the way that I expect in this way from my kids something that they don't have, and it's not their role. Like, mm-hmm. I need to get my stuff together so I'm not expecting compensation or I'm not looking to them. There's not this expectation that's put on them to meet 
a need in me emotionally because I'm still broken or yeah. because I'm still moving out of a place of trauma, but being able to say, you know what, that's not something that's on them. Mm-hmm. Maybe they really like art and drama and I need to bless that and push them into that instead of trying to make them a mini of me mm-hmm. in order to meet a need that wasn't met for me. Mm-hmm. So that's another way that that can play out. Yeah. And we also, I mean, guys, codependent parents tend to never be wrong. Right. Okay? Now you may not be this type of codependent, but there is a, a strong group mm-hmm. of us out there mm-hmm. um, that never like wrong. to never be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they demand absolute kind of dominance and authority. And those mm-hmm. are very strong words. But if you're four, five, six, seven, mm-hmm. that's what it feels like. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even and so even when you know that your your kid is right, you know, you're not listening. You're like, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. Right. Right. No matter what I did, your feelings do not matter mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. you're saying, because if they're like, you know, that hurt my feelings mm-hmm. and you're like, well, it shouldn't hurt your feelings. Well, guys, it did. Your mm-hmm. kid just told you it hurt their feelings. Yeah. You know, and I yeah. don't mean, you know, you don't have to overcompensate for it, obviously. But if if your child asking you for an apology just completely binds you up, mm-hmm. this is a place that you really want to pray into. And yeah. if you refuse to apologize. Okay, mm-hmm. like if it is hard for you to just force those words out of your mouth, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you know, mm-hmm. and really mean it, um, then this is really an area you want to address That's and pray right. into because That's what good. this usually is a, a place for like, um, if I, you know, if you go back to your childhood, like if, if I apologize, then that means the other person is right. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is your kid. Yeah. It's not the same scenario, but that's generally where it comes from. Yeah. In fact, my child actually said this the other day. He goes, well, I don't want to apologize because then that means you're not going to apologize to me. Hmm. And I was like, oh no, that's not how this works. Yeah. <laughs> Let's sit down and talk about that. You know? And so for him, he's very strong willed. And I was like, no, no, you owning you being wrong has nothing to do with what the other person does. Right. Right. And so we talked about that. So if you apologize to your friend and they don't apologize back, mm-hmm. you did what was right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what they do. Yeah. And so it's kind of, you know, same scenario for us as parents. Yeah. I, I one time heard somebody say um, that one of the greatest things you can offer your child is repentance. Yeah, that's so good. And I just, you know, uh, that was so... I was confused by that, honestly, at first. Like, what does that even mean? Like, what? You would repent to your child? You know, but this ability to understand that I am a human Mm -hmm. and I wound and I hurt and I do wrong things. And you have to be willing to admit that. Not only just admit it to yourself, but also to be able to say, I'm sorry to your kid and what that does for your child. Because if your child is wounded or hurt by you and then you come around and you apologize and you bring healing and mending to that, Mm -hmm. I mean, that is powerful and one of the best things that you can offer your child. Um, And so I've never, ever forgotten that. Um, And the last thing we'll mention is just that a code of codependent parent that was hard to say um, can be very just over emotional and and use their emotions whether that is you know screaming crying or even just giving the silent treatment yeah oh my uh to manipulate to control i would just venture to say that there might be a lot of parents who've caught themselves doing that even they may not be 
all in codependent relationships with their kids. But that's just, I'm like, I think about how I've done that before and with people in my life of where I don't know that it was super conscious, but I knew that if I showed some sort of emotion right now, that would stop whatever they're doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) or quit whatever they're doing. And I mean, this can even come out when a kid is just trying to express their own emotions. So if a, if a child is angry and the parent doesn't want them to be angry, Mm -hmm. they can then cry. Like, don't be angry, you know, like, Mm -hmm. okay, well then, then that just shuts that kid's emotions down. Mm -hmm. And that is so unhealthy for that child. Oh, my, my own parent can't handle my emotions. Um, and so that can obviously just leave a child super confused. Um, and obviously as a child gets older and grows up, um, and you know, as a child is getting older, Jen, you've even talked about this as well as your daughter's getting older, you're mm-hmm. realizing, oh, I have to like let up a little bit more right. and I can't exercise the kind of control um, that I'm used to kind of having mm-hmm. over their life. And so sometimes a codependent parent will be like, oh no, I'm losing control. And they'll use other forms of that's manipulation right. and control over their kids, whether that's finances or guilt trips. Oh my goodness. You know, like so many different things to try to manipulate and control. Yeah. So as we're getting ready to wrap up here in our last couple minutes. At this point, you may be listening going, oh man. So we want to just celebrate the fact that you're still listening if any of this is (laughs) registering with you. But also, as you know, on Mercy Talk, we are really, really passionate about making sure that we don't just bring awareness to things and then say, go with God. But we really do give some practical next steps Mm -hmm. on what to do and how to begin to, I mean, honestly, really just begin to shut down this codependency in your relationship with your child. And so a couple things we want to encourage and we'll kind of move through these pretty quickly is to begin the process of acknowledging the ways that you operate from codependency, which hopefully this conversation has started to stir that if there's some of that going on. Mm -hmm. Seek out some counseling and some support um, as well as some healing in this area of hurt and trauma because honestly, if codependency is really in your life a lot, it's going to be rooted to some things. Mm -hmm. This doesn't just hang out if you're in a healthy place. Like you said, there's moments of it that can pop up. We're human. But if we've listed off a lot of these and you're going, oh, you're ticking them off, please do not hear that from guilt and condemnation, as we said. Hear it from grace, but mm-hmm. get after it mm-hmm. because this will continue to perpetuate into your children and your grandchildren if it's not addressed. And really, there's a lot of good resources, as we mentioned, two of which are the first is Codependent No More by Melody Beattie. That has been around for a long time, but it is kind of the go-to as far as codependency. It's a great, great resource. And next is Boundaries by Cloud and Townsend. That's one that we often talk about over the next couple of weeks in the coming weeks. We're going to be talking more about specific boundaries with our kids and with teens. They have some breakout books that are great in that area as well. Do you have any other resources? Oh my goodness. She's sitting there with her finger on the page. I'm like, I can tell she has others. Um, Anything by Dan Siegel. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's a medical doctor and he writes, and I, for some reason, I'm blanking on the um, other lady that he writes with, but The Whole Brain Child is a phenomenal book phenomenal book and it just kind of explains how the child brain works um and then yeah and even reading through it and my poor mom and dad guys if they ever listen to these podcasts but i was like oh they just really messed that up and uh (laughs) it was so great to see but it is it is just a phenomenal book it also helps you understand that when you grow up in trauma Mm -hmm. how you're reacting out of places so it it doesn't address trauma but if you look at it through that lens like oh i was not able to kind of you know, function out of both sides Mm. of my brain. Like Mm -hmm. no one helped coach me on that or teach me that. Um, The other thing is if you have a teenager, they have, uh, he has a book called brainstorm Mm. that is phenomenal as well. And they're just really good. But I mean, I have all of our, 
counselors here have to read them. Um, we train on them. Like it's so good. Yeah, they're just really, really good books. What's the author again, Brooke? It's Dan Siegel. Okay, awesome. Yeah, he's just really great. Um, and you know, another part of that too, and I just kind of feel led to say this: if if you kind of get afraid or you feel that fear coming in that if I start addressing this and have to start admitting all the places that I was wrong, um, that someone's going to get something over on me. Hmm. Because a lot of times we come out of trauma, right? We get into that place where, because if I submit, someone's Mm -hmm. going to crush me. Yeah, I'm unsafe. Right. And I just want to remind you that that's not what the Lord does, right? He never crushes. And so even when he is correcting and allowing you, you know, to heal in these places, it's going to be so good Mm -hmm. and it's going to be really worth it. And Mm -hmm. you will see your kids shift very quickly because they just want to love you and they just want you to love them in healthy ways and they will respond. Now Mm -hmm. you got to dig in sometimes depends Mm -hmm. on how long it's been going on. Mm -hmm. Right. But they will respond and it'll be really, really good. Mm -hmm. It's great. Um, It's good. Yeah. And so another part of that obviously is just renewing your mind. Mm -hmm. Right. We talked about, I'm pretty surely we have a podcast on that. Yeah. Right. So many. (laughs) A couple. (laughs) Okay. So if you're like, how do I do that? Uh, We have a podcast. Um, You know, give your kid room to grow and make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Okay. They have to have that. We now live in a culture where kids don't play together. So they're not really figuring that out. Right. We don't have relational play. Um, And so, you know, some of this is actually being worked out in the home more Mm -hmm. than it is out on the playground or out in the neighborhood, that sort of thing. So give them space to figure those, those things out, give them space to actually practice using their frontal lobe, um, which when you read whole brain child, that will make total sense. Um, (laughs) and then just build healthy relationships in your own life. I know Melanie, you teach on this at empower, but you have to have somebody Mm -hmm. that can speak into your life Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, what you're doing with your kid is not okay. Mm -hmm. And that not crush you. And you feel a place. Okay. Like that's, somebody I can respond to. Your best friend can be your kid. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Nope. Cannot be your kid. Just thought. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for that. And Liam asks me often, am I your best friend? Nope. (laughs) Nope. I love you way more than I love my best friend. And it's totally different. Good answer. I was like, you don't want that. It'll get weird. (laughs) Bad boundaries, brother. That's right. Very, very good. Well, as we sign off, um, the last thing I would add to that, and I know this can sound so cliche, but for you to know and understand how to go to the Lord, how to receive what you need. I mean, I think if you've gotten anything out of today, you've realized like, oh man, maybe, maybe I have been depending a little bit too much on my children to meet my own needs, specifically emotionally. And so to lean in and to, to really build that relationship back with Jesus Mm -hmm. so that he is meeting those needs and you're not demanding something from your children that they were never created to give you. And so I would just encourage you with that and just to continue to practice that self care, um, teaching your kids how to do the same, teaching your kids how to rely on Jesus for their own emotional needs. I mean, this is just, this all perpetuates within the family. And so, um, I am very excited. I've learned a lot today, guys. Me too. Thank y'all. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'm really, really excited to uh, move into more in this series. We're going to be uh, covering some next week on the topic of enabling. Dun, dun, dun. We're just going <laughs> to stick with some really light topics here in this series, but really excited about it and hope that you'll join us then. 
We hope you enjoyed the show today. If you have any thoughts or questions about what we discussed, or if you'd like to share your ideas for future podcast topics, please let us know by emailing us at mercytalk at mercymultiply.com. And if you're enjoying Mercy Talk, be sure that you go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and to leave us a five-star review. We also want to remind you that Mercy Multiplied and Mercy Talk are funded solely by donors, and we are so thankful for the support of so many people all over the country and even the world. So please consider supporting this free programming by giving a gift at mercymultiplied.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Mercy Multiplied. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you'll join us next week.